0: Welcome. Welcome to The Porch here on Firefall Talk Radio, closing out 2023, December 27th. But as always, week after week, doesn't matter the year, this is where we get back to basics. And we've been doing that since March of 2010. We study the Word of God. We focus on the Book of Acts Church. We see how they served the Lord. That's our foundation. That's our example. And by taking a deeper look into how they did things, we find we find the desire, we find the passion, and we restore the priesthood of the believer, and we regain the world shaking influence that the early church had. They turned things upside down. We dig deeper into Scripture. We find out what it means in content and context. And by doing so, we find the church and we find the organism, the living organism called the church that Yeshua, Adonai, the Lord, intended and not the man-made one. Because, boy, we really don't need the man-made one right now. The church age is not over. What happened in the upper room is as much for today as as it was on the day of Pentecost, you can receive the fire, you can receive the passion, you can receive the dunamis power anytime you want. It's available to you. Now, if you know that and you believe that there's more to your spiritual walk with Yeshua, with Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, than you were told before, and you want more, every day I want more, you're welcome to join us on this journey as we get back to basics. If you have any questions about anything, except the winning lottery numbers. I don't have those yet. But if you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button. Or you can write us directly at The Porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you want to support what we do, and we sincerely hope you do, and to all of those that do support us, thank you so very much. Go to the new updated website for firefalltalkradio.com. Slide down to the bottom and there'll be ways to do so. If you need more information, just ask. We appreciate you, each and every one of you, your prayers, your support, and your encouragement. Welcome to all of the listeners from the various streaming platforms. I hope you subscribe there and you know when a new session of The Porch goes up. Thank you for being a part of The Porch, being a part of our community. Nobody reached out and said they didn't get the newsletter, so I guess everybody got it and read it. If you need prayer, let us know. If you want to pray for others, let us know. We'll plug you in. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, What used to be Twitter is now called X. Those are the places we can be found, plus the website. If you're a part of the aerial support, uh, kick it up. 2024 is going to get crazy. We'll probably talk about that next week. We'll start this week. But, again, prayer for some recent expenses that seem to keep growing. Personally, uh, for Firefall, yeah, if you need more information, I said I was going to create a page and links and send it out, and I did. I created two sections on our um, Amazon webpage because I get a t- the tax number there so we don't pay taxes, but I just I couldn't send it out. I'm just not good about that. Most of you are like me. You are making it week to week, and you give as you can, and I'm not expecting you're going to have what, you know the ability to do what we need right now. But if you do or you know someone that does and you want the information, just let me know. I'll send it to you. We start out with praise reports and prayer requests. We don't do anything without that. I praise them, first of all, for my salvation. His grace is still amazing for His love, for my home, for my wife, my family, furry kids. Everything we own come from Him. I threw away my family. He gave it back. I praise Him for this ministry, that He allows me to work for Him and with Him, for each and every one of you who have become more than just listeners, friends, and family for the dreams and the visions, which are in overdrive right now. It's hard to keep track of them, and it must be diligent to know that what you're seeing and hearing is coming from the Lord. I praise Him for His healing virtues. I count on them. No matter how broken, no matter how painful, no matter what's going on, I sincerely believe that we can get back to our divine design, and that's going to be my focus and my commitment in 2024. I praise him for everything. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I do. For being a renewed spirit man, for being born again, for being able to discern the signs of the times, and for the signs he's giving us that he's getting ready to come back. Oh boy. Creation's groaning for the return of the king, and so are we. So I praise him for that coming kingdom. I praise him for the new Jerusalem in accordance with his word. Revelation 1, 7-8, Behold, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. And Yeshua's response to that is, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. He is pre-existent. He was there at the beginning. He said, let there be light. In Revelation 4, 8, the four living creatures, having six wings full of eyes all around and within, they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come and then revelation 22:17 and the spirit and the bride say what come let him who hears say come let him who thirst come whoever desires let him take the water of life freely oh praise him that he's coming but right now we need to pray We've got to pray for israel and the peace of jerusalem pray for the peace of jerusalem May they, may they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, Peace be within you, Psalm 122, 6-8. through 8. So we pray, I do, you can join me for the remaining 132 Israeli hostages and the 20 bodies that are still in Gaza that they are refusing to let go. I pray as well for the people of Gaza who have suffered Tremendously because of the actions and the control of Hamas. Don't forget them. I pray for the 160 Christian families that were murdered. Yes, 160 Christians were murdered in Nigeria by Islamic jihadists on Christmas Day. Our brothers and sisters are still being slaughtered out there. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, The martyrs, like I just mentioned, those that are victims of injustice in and out of the womb, animal and human. For all that man does that is out of order with his creation, I pray against it. I pray for the victims. I pray for divine wholeness, health and healing in me and my wife, my family, each and every one of you. We have to get back to our divine design. We have to find a way through prayer, through through nutrition, through health, to uh, right eating. We have to, because to endure in the days ahead, we have to be healthy. So I pray for healing for each and every one of us, for all of you. If you're sick, if you're hurting, if you have a need, I extend my hand towards you, and I say in the name of Yeshua, in the name of the King of kings, Lord of lords, be healed, be made whole, your body come back into divine alignment with the way he created you so that you could be what he desires and what he needs you to be. I pray for protection, both angelic and that Psalm 91 covering, for inspiration, for the remnant, that's us. This is our time to wake up to rise up, to not slumber, to not sit down. we got to stand up. We have to shine. We have to answer the call to action. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. Help others to be a blessing. Let's get the flow of his provision going. Our combined prayers can put an entire demonic army to flight. Holy Spirit, dunamis, faith-filled, powerful prayers can put the enemy on the run. For protection and covering. We're entering in probably one of the darkest times we've seen since the days of Noah, which we'll talk about. Supernaturally active, evil, demonic, dangerous time. But greater is he that is in us than he that is against us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? The enemy knows the time, so do we. We're going to push back, we're going to stand up, we're going to shine. Let's get a little more aggressive in our efforts against the schemes of the fallen, confronting the enemy with confidence, purpose, and power, but being smart about it, being meek, controlled power, not doing anything that the Lord doesn't say to do. I pray for edification, encouragement, inspiration, for the rising up of the kingdom of God, that we can operate efficiently in the calling, exposing the enemy, seeking the lost, helping the dying, those in bondage, and setting the captives free. Father, you are awesome. You are dad. You are Abba. Thank you. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. Thank you for Yeshua, our Lord and Savior. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for even considering us, that we can sit with you. We can talk to you, we can enter into your throne room as little children boldly approaching the throne of grace and mercy. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit back after you shed the blood and you died, but you rose again. You shook the universe and you rose. Holy Spirit, thank you for teaching us. Thank you for putting up with us walking with us, helping us, empowering us to do what the king needs done. So let it be so in accordance with your word. Let the word go forth tonight. Let technology be protected. Let our minds and our hearts be opened. And let the sound of the shofar prepare you for the word, for his spirit. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Well, if you can't tell, I'm a little jacked up already. We'll see what happens. We're gonna let it flow, we're gonna let it go. Following up, Kingdom Expectation Part two. Last week, we talked about the fact that that expectation is either a hope or a dread. It's a either a hope or a dread of the return of the Lord. It's always tied to His return. Well, tonight, we're going to talk about the fearful expectation of His return for those He does not know. Notice I didn't say that, don't know Him, saying that He does not know because there's going to be people that claim to know Him. And he's going to go, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. I never knew you. International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, expectation, has the word at what? Expect in it. To expect, whether in thought, in hope, or in fear. To look for, to wait for, meaning to look forward toward what will probably occur, whether in hope or dread. Go with me to Luke 21, verses 25 through 28. If you get the Scriptures, if you are a supporter of the porch, I try to do something to honor that. You let me know if you want the Scriptures. I am emailing them out. I'm putting it up in the Facebook group. I'm just listing them. You're still going to have to look them up. That way you can learn the Word. You can know where things are. I'll talk about that a little bit next week. I have a story for you about that and how I learned about the Word even before I was saved. Go with me to Luke 21, starting in verse 25. Red letters, Lord speaking. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads. Because your redemption draws near that kingdom expectation correlates to knowing that he is as good as his word, all of it, his word is true, it is yea, and amen, faithful, true, and guaranteed second corinthians one twenty for all the promises of God in him, capital h Yeshua are yes. And in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. If he said it, he meant it. Believe it. Which means, whether both good or not so good, it's going to happen. That's expectation. Hebrews 10, starting verse 26. For if we sin willfully, listen here, if we sin willfully, that's called a presumptuous sin, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. The kingdom. We've talked so much about it, but the kingdom Is such a special and exclusive place for those that he has invited, that's us, to dwell in it. And the invitation is for those who choose the path to enter into it properly. Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. You can only enter God's kingdom through the narrow gate. The highway to hell, as the song says, is broad, and its gate is wide, because many will choose it and the devil wants you to choose it, but the gateway to life, the gateway into the kingdom is narrow. And the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Luke thirteen twenty four through 27, Therefore strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master, and they use capital M here, the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you, where you are from. Then you'll begin to say, wait, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But I will say, he, he will say, I will tell you, I do not know you. Don't know where you're from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. So many people said they knew him, but they didn't. So many people said they were following him, but they weren't. Two kingdoms, two gates. One into the kingdom of God, the other into the kingdom of darkness. Two spirits in those kingdoms. One holy, one unholy. And there are two outcomes. See, the issue is... The issue is... who. Those who live life in a way that looks for and takes seriously the return of Yeshua. That's the issue. And I know so many people today that have either lost it or never had it because it's not taught. It's not reminded. The book of Acts Church, the model I follow, as I've said, had one eye on the job, the ministry and the calling, and one eye on the sky. And they taught it that way, too. 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. Abide, permanent residence, live in Him, so that when He is made visible, we may have and enjoy perfect confidence, boldness, assurance, And not be ashamed and shrink away from him at his coming. As it says, you draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But it starts with you drawing near to him. Kingdom expectation is always tied to the Lord's return. It's always tied to him. Now let's talk about the area that I want to talk about in 2023 with possibly, if we have enough time, a warning about 2024. Otherwise, I'll hit that next week. Dread. To fear greatly. To be in extreme apprehensive apprehension of, like to dread death. To be reluctant to do, to meet or experience. I dread going to big parties or crowds. So I'm reluctant To be in great fear, that's dread. Terror, apprehension as to something in the future. That's a great fear of a person or a thing. Kingdom expectation. If you understand it, will inspire dedication and readiness for his return. If you get caught off guard, you do so to your own detriment. And There will be a price for that, and you will have done it to yourself, second Peter three verses twelve through fourteen while you wait and earnestly earnestly long for expect and hasten the coming of the day of God, by reason of which the flaming heavens will be dissolved, and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire refers back to Isaiah thirty-four, four, And if you were at the sea conference or seen the video, I explained that how that will happen. It doesn't need a nuclear bomb. He doesn't need man's help to fulfill prophecy. All he simply has to do is slow down the atoms so they start colliding with one another and you get an atomic explosion. But we look for new heavens, Peter says, and a new earth according to his promise in which righteousness, uprightness, freedom from sin, and right standing with God is to abide. Isaiah prophesied, sixty-five, seventeen. for behold, the Lord says, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind, Isaiah 66, 22, for as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain. This is what we're working towards, a new heaven and a new earth that John talks about in Revelation 21, verses 1 and 2. Then he says, I saw a new sky, a new heaven, and a new earth, and the former sky and the former earth had passed away. It had vanished And there no longer existed any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Jerusalem coming down, descending out of heaven from God, all arrayed like a bride, beautified, adorned for her husband. Oh, how beautiful that will be. And those on the earth, I believe, will cheer. And those of us in the heaven, in the sky with him, will cheer And that's why Peter says in Second Peter 3:14, So, beloved, since you are expecting these things, be eager to be found by him at his coming without spot or blemish and at peace, serene confidence, free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. We should expect that day to happen, whether you are alive or whether you have passed on and come back with him. It will happen. It's not dependent upon you. It's not dependent upon the church. Don't listen to those people that say we can hasten the day of the Lord. If we do X, Y, Z, he comes back and he's just waiting for us to do it. He doesn't need your help. He's the king. He can do whatever he wants. He can sit down. He can stand up. Stand up. He can speak. He can stay. He can come whenever he wants to. He doesn't need you. What he needs from us is to preach the gospel, set the captives free, this gospel of the kingdom, will be preached to all the world, and then the end will come. But expect it. Be looking for it. Let's go to a parable where he covers that, Matthew 25, starting verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oils, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. Go go rather to those who sell, buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the the, the virgins came saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. And then Yeshua says to end the parable, Watch, therefore, you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. The foolish virgins were not ready. So they went to buy because they didn't already have what they needed. And the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in. They went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut, closed. They were not ready. The door was closed and wasn't going to be opened. Folks, we got to take this seriously. We need to care about those that are going to be on the outside of the door. We need to know this word well enough. Not what your demom- abomination, denomination, I'm sorry, I always get them confused, tells you. Not what you, you learned in children's church. Read that word, open it up, and feast on it so that you can tell people, hey, I don't, I don't want you to be left outside. I don't want you to be on the outside looking in. And the great thing about this parable, and obviously no one was paying, well, not no one, but many did not get the message. He was warning them up front about the lengthy delay in his return, but to stay diligently prepared. See, those virgins, they least expected the groom to arrive at the middle of the night. That's not normal arrival time. And that's going to signify the suddenness of his return. Watch, therefore. You do not know what hour your Lord is coming, Matthew 24, 42. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Watch. Pay attention. Listen. For so you don't know when he's going to show up. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. He's given us signs to be ready. But we need to be diligent. We, we need to give it strict attention, to be cautious, to be active, because we don't know. What kind of day? Whether whether it's near, whether it's far, no clue when the Lord is coming. We should always be ready. And that shout announcing the groom's arrival parallels the trumpet blast mentioned in Matthew 24, verse 30 through 31. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And all the tribes of the earth Will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Can you hear it? Do you want to hear it? For the Lord himself, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, Son of the living God, King of kings, Lord of lords, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And it's going to be so reverberating that the dead and Messiah will rise first. And then we who are alive will do what will join, meet him in the air. A shout, the voice of an archangel announcing the the arrival of the king and the trumpet of God. Some say it's the silver horns. Some believe it's the, the shofar, the heavenly shofar. I believe it could be both, but I lean towards the shofar personally. And the dead Messiah will hear, and all their atoms will come together from wherever they've been, and they will rise. And we will join with them to meet them in the air. See that cry, Lord, Lord? is identical to what the false disciples in Matthew 7.21 say. And the response is always the same, I do not know you. And when you see him say, I do not know you, that is expressing exclusion from Messiah's kingdom. Sadly, folks, that is a kingdom expectation for many people. Now, this parable, don't get confused. It's not describing a true disciple who loses his salvation, as some believe, but it's a false one whose commitment to Yeshua was deficient from the start. They were never the real thing. Churches, these buildings that you call churches, are filled with people like that. But if you entered through that narrow gate if you left behind your sins, left behind your past, and you squeeze through the gate that the shepherd opened for you, and if you follow Yeshua as Messiah, you should be ready for His return. You should be listening for that sound. That's why I use it as a call to teaching, as a call to worship, a call to prayer. I've got two shofars here in this room. I've got my small one that I've had for, whoa, since like 1990, I think, that Shelly brought back from Israel for me. That's my warfare one. That's the one I take into battle. Then I have the large, long one used for worship and praise and for the call. Sometimes when Larry and I pray, my wife can tell you I'll shake the house. I don't know what my neighbors think, and I don't much care. But sometimes it's the warrior one. But lately, more often than not, it's been the big, long one. The one that reverberates and echoes. I want the enemy to know. The king is coming. So choose that wide gate. Choose either the wide gate or you're going to choose the broad highway. Your sons, your daughters... Your family members, the people you love, are either going to choose the narrow gate or they're going to wind up choosing the wide gate, that broad highway that leads only to death and destruction. But whatever choice that's made, they should expect that when he returns, they'll learn real quickly they picked the wrong path. And they will suffer for their decision to not follow Jesus as Messiah, to not follow Yeshua as the HaMashiach. If that doesn't break your heart, something's wrong. If you glory in the fact that people are going to be left out, or they're going to be punished, or they're going to be thrown into the lake of fire, if, if it doesn't hurt your heart to know that you'll hear them screaming Maybe some of them you'll know, and they'll be looking at you, going, "Why, why didn't you tell me?" Well, I, I kind of told you. I invited you to church. I, you know, to the potluck. No, why didn't you tell me? Yeshua did, over and over and over. Like in Luke seventeen, starting verse twenty-six. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. The coming days of Noah, which I believe we are in the onset of, is a warning label of the times of his return. To understand that briefly... Go to Genesis 6. I'm just going to jump around in Genesis to to bring the point. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all the flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And that corruption is a lot of different things. Blood corruption, human corruption, angelic, fallen angelic corruption. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Jumping down to verse 17. And behold, I myself am bringing waters on the earth to destroy them from under heaven, all flesh, which is the breath of life, in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. And remember, the rain came down, but the waters came up. Do you know that there are oceans underneath the earth, some of them bigger than any ocean in the world? So we know this could have happened, did happen, not could have, but did. I also believe that ocean's kept there to keep the core um, cooler between us and it, but that's for another day. Genesis 7-1, the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation, personally righteous, morally righteous, blood righteous. His blood was not corrupted. Verse 7 of Genesis 7, so Noah with his sons, his wife and his sons' wives, went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Verse 11, in the 600 year of Noah's life in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the deep were broken up. I believe the earth began to split into what we now call continents, and the water began to come up, and the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And on that very same day, Noah and Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them, entered the ark. Verse 16 tells us something interesting. So they entered, male and female of all flesh, and they went in as God had commanded them. And the Lord shut them in seven seven days before So he destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground. Verse 23, both man and cattle, creeping thing and birds of the air, they were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. And the water prevailed on the earth 150 days. It happened before. The next time will be fire. But the days of Noah, the warning label, Demonic, depraved evil was met with divine judgment and justice. But first, a divine escape for those who merit it. See, he always makes a way out. Even in our foolishness, even in our sins, he makes a way out. He warned them he inspired them to get prepared, gave them the directions for preparation. What he was giving them was an expectation of escape for those on the ark and judgment for those who weren't. Romans 1, starting verse 16, we're going to go through here and hope I don't get in trouble. There's stuff in here that normally gets people banished from social media. I'm going to dance around it. If you hear a little music, that's what's going on. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Messiah, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith, which is a direct quote of Habakkuk 2.4. Look at the proud. His soul is not straight or right within him, but the rigidly just and the uncompromisingly righteous man shall live by his faith and in faithfulness. Do you know why I give you all these scriptures? To show you that from Genesis to Revelation, it's a tapestry that all works together. That he gave it to all the authors, through all the books, over all the years, to tell a cohesive story. Jumping down to Romans eighteen, uh, verse eighteen of Romans one for the here we go, buckle up, get ready, for the wrath of God, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Well, there goes the media. There goes all the politicians. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse they won't be able to say I didn't know. because though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile, and their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. I grew up in a religion of statues of men and women, supposed saints and this and that. I always felt like something was wrong. It was very wrong. Therefore, God, here we go, verse 24, Romans 1. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. You want it, you got it, in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to their vile vile passions, just like in the days of Noah. Oh, you want the... You want the fallen watchers? You want to worship them? You want to learn from them? You want to copulate with them and make babies and do all the things you're doing? Fine. Fine. Have it your way. I'm just going to sit back here. Jump down the 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind. "...to do things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents." undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, they not only do the same, but they approve of those who practice them. Welcome to society in 2023 and beyond. Welcome to America Today. As it was in the days of Noah, an expectation of judgment was then, and it is present now. And if it isn't, somebody's not paying attention. Knowing that should inspire you into action. Oh, not to judge people. Not to condemn them. Not to tell them, hey, you're going to hell for X, Y, Z. No, no, no. What that should inspire you to do is save, heal, and deliver them. Preach the gospel. Tell them there's a way out. Tell them, you know what? Noah built an ark, but we have one too. The ark is his church, and we're going to escape the judgment. He's going to take us out. He's going to take us above and over just like the ark did with the waves and the water. And by the way, while we're gone, there's going to be this banquet, huge feast table. I hear the food's great, but better than that is the location and the view and the people. Why would you want to stay here? But they won't know if you don't tell them. They won't know if you don't get passionate about this. They won't know if you wallow in your indecision, in the valley of indecision, living a life with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom and saying, I'm good. No, no, you're not. You're fair game to the enemy. First Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is as at hand, Peter said. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. This, that's written, I want to think, written by John Mark for Peter, oh, 30 years. Within 30 years of the Lord's death and resurrection. But ever since the day of Pentecost, we've been in Joel 2.28. We've been in the final days. And the closer we get to the end, the more it's speeding up. Now, here we go. For those of you that revel in the destruction of the world and the judgment of the world and the judgment of these corrupt politicians and these depraved entertainers, here we go. You ready? First Peter 4.17. Peter continues this thought. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? For the time has come. Listen to me. I've talked about this over the years, but I've never felt it like I feel it now. For the time has come for judgment. To begin at the house of God, the time has come for stages and pulpits to be cleared, possibly torn down. The time has come for us to stop worshiping men and, and exalting people and allowing them to be exalted. Okay, Lord said I can share this. He shared this with me years ago. I would say it was early 1993 before we left Christian Heritage and started the home church. I think it was about uh, Easter time, which is what I would have called it then. I don't call it that now. But um, the Lord gave me a word. And at Christian Heritage, every year they would build something that hearkened back to Israel. You know, one year we did the tabernacle and um, other things, but that year they decided to build a, a replica of the Wailing Wall. It was pretty impressive in how it looked and how real it was. But I would never go and pray there. And I remember I would go and pray on Saturday nights. If you know the story or read the book, you know all that. But one night I was there and a bunch of people came and, hey, we're going to pray at the Wailing Wall. Are you coming? No. No. Why not? I said, first of all, it's just a giant styrofoam wall. Second of all, the Lord spoke to me, and you know what he thinks about that wall? He said, as a symbol and a reminder of my children's disobedience, that all that is left of my temple is that wall. So no, I won't be praying there. Of course, I got some looks. People shook their head up. Oh, Richard's being Richard again. So while I was praying by myself, me and the Lord back of the property, where He would show up and walk with me, the Lord gave me a word. He gave me a word for the church, but He gave me a word for Shelley, uh, which I said to Him. I said, "Lord, if I give Shelley that word, He'll never speak to me again." Of which I got the very quick, stern response: "Who's your savior, me or Bob Shelley?" Simon so gave him the word, and I'll just give you part of the word. and the word was this: "The time is now coming. The time is coming, and now is, with that which you call church, the man-made thing that you call church is about to collapse in on itself by all of its weight and all of its gaudy buildings and everything that you have put upon it that I never wanted. And out of the rubble will come a remnant that'll be able to help and find and restore the sheep that get driven away who don't understand. And then I looked at Shelley and gave him the hard part of the word. I gave him the word about the, the wall. I gave him a word about the church. And then I looked at him and the Lord says, you'll either fall upon the rock and be broken, or it will all fall on you and you won't be a part of the restoration. Yeah, he didn't talk to me for about three weeks. Actually, my wife can tell you, it became a big issue in the church. He actually had to address it first in the choir room and then even from the pulpit. And eventually we, we talked about it and got over it. But I was obedient. But I'm saying to you now, and I'm sharing this with you now because the Lord allowed me to, for that time has come for judgment. To begin at the house of God, this man-made edifice, this ugly monstrosity that man has created with the worship of men and people getting rich while the flock suffers, this ugliness that happens on stage, the light, the smoke, the mirrors. The food that's being prepared and given to the flock, it's no wonder they're sick and they're dying. It's no wonder the wolves can just walk in and pick them off. Where are the sheepdogs of the great shepherd? Where are they? Well, I'm right here. Larry's up there. SRT's spread out, and he's told to stand down. Let it happen. When they cry out and they realize they need you, I'll send you. The wolves are coming. And they're going to feast and they're going to feed. And it's time for us, the remnant, to wake up, to open that Bible, to hunger and thirst for his righteousness. Because we, who know better, should have an expectation of recognition from the Lord at the end. And that recognition could be good or it could be bad go with me to Matthew 25. We're going to go over. I'm going to go till I'm done. Matthew 25, starting verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents. And that's not talents like abilities. I'm going to dance. I'm going to sing. No, that's about talents a little uh, monetary things, money. To another, So he gave one five, and to another two, and to another one he gave one, and to each according to his own ability, and immediately went on a journey. And the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. So they did something with it. They built the kingdom. They expanded the kingdom. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground. And he hid the Lord's money. Well, after a long time, the Lord, again, long time, the Lord of those servants came to settle accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He would also receive two talents and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more beside them. The Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, The one who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard task man, hard man, reaping who you have not sown and gathering who you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For him, for to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And here comes the bombshell. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Kingdom expectation of kingdom recognition is the acknowledgement of our choices, and it's guaranteed Remember I mentioned Matthew seven twenty one. I think this should be the considered labeled the scariest part of Scripture. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, being the day of the Lord, 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 have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Just because you can cast out demons. Just because he uses you to lay hands on the sick. And he heals them through you. You ain't all that. Especially if there's sin in your life. I can tell you how many people I saw. That were at the altars praying for people and laying hands on people and doing all of that. And I knew what they were doing the night before, either through revelation knowledge or seeing it. Luke 6, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, like the one that's coming in 2024, and the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Heard and did nothing. They didn't have ears to hear. Oh, they listened. They heard a sound, but they didn't hear. There are two kingdoms with two spirits. And there are two outcomes. That's why, going back to where we started, strive to enter by that narrow door, Force yourself through it. Leave the leave the baggage. Leave all the stuff you don't need. For many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house gets up and closes the door, you'll begin to stand outside, knock at the door again and again, saying, Lord, open to us. And he will answer you and say, I do not know where. I don't know what household you're from because you're certainly not mine. I don't know where you come from. And then you'll begin to say, wait, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know what household, where you're from. You're not from mine. I don't know where you've come from. Depart from me, all you wrongdoers. You're lifting up unholy hands to God in the sanctuary. You're holding microphones, doing praise and worship. When those hands were doing abominable things the night before, you're taking the offering and you're cheating. Maybe even you're dipping into that offering. I don't know. because there's going to be weeping and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. You know how that happened, right? He went down. He took all the righteous people in Sheol waiting for Messiah, and he took them up to the Father and said, here they are, your first fruits. Well, when when they're going to be Jews and they're going to be even Gentiles, they're going to see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God while well, they're being cast forth banished driven away you better expect it he said it he meant it two kingdoms two reactions from the lord one is i do not know you and i never knew you and you'll be outside looking in or well done good and faithful servant enter into my eternal joy enter into your rest with the lord enter into the kingdom now i'm not trying to scare you and i'm not hopefully i haven't driven you away you better hear the passion in my voice and the pain in my heart through dreams and visions and uh visitations and i've seen what's coming i've tried to tell you about it as much as he's allowed me We need to wake up, Remnant. We need to get prayed up. We need to get delivered. We need to stop being foolish. And I tell you, the older I get, the more I learn, the harder it is. When I start to see myself and shake my head and go, you're still not getting it. But I'm trying. I'm praying. I'm crying. I'm weeping. I'm praising. I'm singing. I'm dancing. Because he's my king, he's my Lord, he's my Savior, he's my everything. And I know, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, but I've told the Lord what I expect to hear. He'll say all that, but then I'll say one more thing. Welcome home, son. Good job. Lord, help us. Help us to wake up others. Help us to wake up ourselves. Cleanse us. Burn us with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Purify us from the inside out. Change us. Change our thoughts. Change our minds. Transform us. Make us into what you need us to be, what you desire us to be. Let us see with your eyes. Let us hear with your ears. Help us, Holy Spirit, to get right. Help us to learn this Word. Help us to understand it and have a good Word in two season for those that need it to be available to you. Because we have an expectation of the return of the king. We have an expectation of all that's going to happen on the earth during that time when men's hearts will fail fail them for fear of what's on the earth and for the fear of the coming of the Lord, but not us. Oh, no, 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 not us. We're going to be ready. We're going to be dressed and clean because you've made us clean, you've washed us clean. And your Holy Spirit has taken out all the wrinkles. We're not going to be ashamed. We're not going to slink back. We're going to push forward. We want to greet you. We want to hug you. We want to love you. But until then, help us to find the lost and the dying. Help us to go into the ugly places. Help us to do what needs to be done, to push the enemy back, to set the captives free. Change us, Lord, this day. December 27, 2023, let it be a marker day from a day that we changed from what we were to what we become. I pray this for me, and I pray anyone else who believes that will join with me when I say in the Yeshua's name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord, may Adonai, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach, the Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grun. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.